one of the worst parts of all time as well. Because I was on it and I had to be terribly late. <laughs> I was like, like squeaky dog. We are the B-Sides, and we are back. Uh, let's kick it off. We have Ryan Garcia fan. We have Big Stu. Shout out the boy Stu Mac. And we've got Robbie. Fellas, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Not too bad, Leo. Thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, let's get to it. Let's start with the uh, the clown show, Haney Schools Cambosos, and it wasn't even close. RGF, you're probably really uh, itchy trigger finger here. Let it rip. Yeah, uh, I fucking hate George Cambosis. Um, <laughs> I hope, I hope this is pretty much the end of him and like main events. Because I mean, that was just fucking awful. And he's just so boring. Like, I just don't understand. People just want like crazy shit to happen. Like, they yeah. just want it. Kind of. This is like the most random comparison of all time. I thought about it the other day, and I was like, I don't even know if I should make it. But uh, it reminds me of um, <laughs> Kiko Martinez versus. Um, Josh Warrington, too. Kiko, before that fight, he knocked out... What's the dude's name? Kid Galahad. Galahad. And people were like, yeah, man, like, fucking Kiko's gonna gonna knock him out. Like, you know, he, he's a puncher now. Like, Warrington ain't got no chance. It's like, dude, Kiko's got, like, fucking 40 fights. And, like, he's never been like that. And then he KOs this one shitter. And that's just, like, the standard. I don't know. I just think people are so unimpressed or, or whatever. Like, if you, like, no offense to my boy Robbie, but, like, if you legit thought Cambosis could win, it's like, what the fuck, bro? Like, I feel like you could be sold, like, anything. Because that dude is awful, man. Like, no talent. Like, is he not one of the most unathletic? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he never moves his, like, hips. He looks like David Benavidez. <laughs> he looks like David Benavidez, but he's, like, not 6'3". So it, like, doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll, uh, pass it on. Um, well, like, I'm not going to uh, ride for George Cambosis now, anyway. But uh, for the first two rounds, I thought we might have got a, a hot fight. But uh, he just shows no IQ in there, no adjustments. All credit to Haney. Haney, Haney really kicked his ass. Went, you know, went into the other guy's backyard and did the business. I was expecting a little bit better from Cambosis with the belts and um, win over Tio. I, uh, I expect a little bit more. Yeah, I did too. My expectations were pretty low, and I'm still disappointed. I think I think Haney was just like he was never going to be Haney. Like I think Haney was a very good matchup in addition to being far better than Camboza. Like because I think Camboza's main strength is he's quick. Like he's got quick hands. His feet are so slow and he doesn't move his head ever. But he can catch you out with the speed. But I think someone with the technical skill of Haney's just never going to be caught out by that. To was and you know I I I think. As time goes on, we can kind of look at how Tio has looked afterwards and how his career has been going afterwards and going, I think there was someone, whether it was mentally, physically, not right with him in that fight. I think like that was not anywhere close to peak performance. And it was still unbelievably close, you know, a round or two difference for Camboza to win it. And then, he, you know, even with the crowd, you know, then I would like to say the the crowd almost was a negative because they turned on him about three rounds in. Yeah, that crowd was uh, it, it got real quiet after the mid rounds. I think. Yeah, it, it was weird. Like the whole atmosphere of the arena was like just kind of weird because they kept like on the on the top rank broadcast they kept showing these like pockets of like five dudes with Greek face paint or whatever. But it felt like I don't know. Like it, most people were just kind of there for the event. 
the spectacle. Yeah, I don't know how many people were there, like, really ride it. Like, I'm sure they supported Cambosis because, like, he's Australian, but I don't think they had, like, a lot of loyalty to him. So when he started getting clowned, they're like, fuck this guy. Like, we spent all this money to watch this shit. I do, I do think one thing to say about Cambosis' career is that he's never, he's not fought in Australia for years. He's not been there building up a, a fan base fighting in Australia. I think it's been five years. You know, he fought Selby in the UK fought Bay. He he went back to Greece for a fight, I think. And he he's just he's never really built up a Aussie fan base in the same way guys who will fight there consistently did. Uh, did Horn have a good show? I, in terms of the fan base, yeah, I think yeah. Horn was a bit more popular. I think that I don't know about for the Pacquiao fight, but after the Pacquiao fight, like that that fight stuck in a lot of people's minds as a big Australian event that he won and that kind of stuck in a lot of people's heads so i think he like guys like that and even like zafara and guys like that do better just because they're consistently fighting in australia and obviously Cambosa the, the event attracts people because it's you know an australian guy fighting for undisputed status but as soon as he's gonna lose you know he's not gonna win the fight that's when they, they don't care about him anymore because the f- appeal of an aussie winning undisputed is gone now six rounds in because he's terrible and he's gonna lose yeah, it's weird, like, as a potentially, like, entitled American fan, like, I generally want, like, if you're from Australia, bro, you gotta travel. Like, that's how I felt about Tim, too. You can't just be sitting around in Australia, like, ain't no fighters in Australia. But Cambosis did that, and it almost, like, backfired on him. Like, it worked, because, like, yeah, he got the belts and, like, got in a position he should have never been in, but, like, by the time it was, he could go back to the market where he could draw, I mean, he was a nobody. He'd been, you know, building this, whatever, this run that he's been doing. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think he'll probably end up not going back to Australia again either. Like, I think... I mean, does he not just seem like a matchroom fighter? Uh, I think he will, though, because I think the tourism board will put up money again. The tourism board putting up money for the fight. Yeah, they usually do. Yeah, maybe. I, it just kind of depends. Like, who's he going to fight? Like, he could get the Haney rematch. I, guess I, we'll I think about. he gets the Haney rematch. He might, yeah. Does he really act... I don't... I don't think there's anything to activate there. I don't think anyone will pay. I think the tour. I think the tourism board will pay again. Yeah, man, they would have to. <laughs> I don't talk like they're trying to pay for that shit again. There has been some talk that Haney can break the rematch clause if he goes up to 140. But I, I think again, like, does he does he even want to go up to 140? There's still a lot of stuff to do at 35. Yeah, there's more stuff to do at 35 than there is at 140. For there's sure. very little at 140. I think the top rank though. There's probably more at 140. Like, at 135, they have Loma, but, I mean, nobody really knows what he's doing. Like, at 140, they can build the TL fight in, like, a year, maybe. They got, like, Ramirez with that, so they got Taylor. Well, Those Taylor. are all fights that you need to build towards, probably. Zepeda. Maybe except Ramirez. You can't just throw him in against Ramirez. He might as well stick to 35 for a little while. Hmm. ESPN. That production was really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was not good. I mean, they're they're always maybe not always, but they're kind of usually a little hit or miss. But that was just like all miss, and that was just really it was really tough to watch. Getting ads like in the middle of the round with I don't know like twenty thirty seconds left, and there's an advertisement taking over the whole screen. Top rank going to get that money one way or another. Yeah, was this a pay per view show in America? No, no, it was on uh, like regular ESPN. Oh, okay, thank God for that. Yeah, the feed was awful. Yeah, I, I kept getting promo shots taken over the screen and the yeah, advertisements way before the round was finished. This is, is kind of unrelated, but 
just speaking on ads, anybody see that thing on Twitter where it was like, um, Top Rank got the, the Bud Light sponsorship? <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a big deal, relatively. Hashtag Bud Light break. Yeah. Uh, did Corona drop out of boxing? May I haven't seen them in a while. I haven't seen Takate in a while. Yeah, I've, got, I've seen a lot less beer sponsorships in general recently. I didn't even really think about it until you mentioned that Bud Light sponsored this. No, it wasn't that one. I think it's like going forward. They're the top ranked sponsor. Well, that's fun. Keep the uh, athletes hydrated with that water. <laughs> Fulton clowns Danny Roman. That was another clinic, but that one was more exciting. Roman was actually game. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let Stu start. I don't think it, I expected Fulton to be that dominant, but we we've seen it before. He's just such a, a skilled boxer. You know, it, it was the same, similar-ish sort of fight from Fulton as the Angela Leo fight. He just, a, a, an opponent who was game for it, who was coming forward a bit, but he just, every exchange, he got the better of it, got away consistently, and, you know, he, he won every single round, clearly, pretty much, against a guy who, bearing in mind, was it two years ago? He, he was unlucky to lose to um, MJ who holds the other two belts in the division you know like Danny Roman's no chump like he's not terrible this is a really good showing from Fulton to be this dominant like I like you said I wasn't expecting it to be that the for the separation to be that big especially with the plan that Figueroa had pretty much demonstrated can trouble Fulton and keep it close enjoyed this fight I did give Roman. I gave. I might just give Roman three rounds, and that was being generous to him. I thought he did. He, 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 Roman was Roman. There was some good, good body work at the early rounds, but by the mid rounds, it was, it was going all Fulton's way. And then round eleven and twelve, when Fulton started sitting on his punches, and became really, you know, really confident. I thought. I thought he may have got the stoppage. Yeah, it looked like he was heading towards the stoppage, like round nine, round ten. He was surely getting the shit kicked out of him. I, w- I will say one thing about Fulton for a guy who has. You know, his KO percentage is really low. I think it's about 30%. I think that's deceptive to the power he shows sometimes. You know, sometimes those punches look, especially for the guy who's at 122, look like they have a bit of kick in them. And I think it's more so the style of fighting and the way he wins fights that stops him getting the KOs as opposed to the actual power. For sure. I, when he started uh, sitting, on his, sitting on his punches... I thought uh, he, he did look really powerful. It's just the it's just the movement I imagine with the with the jabs. It doesn't doesn't correlate to a lot of KOs. So he landed uh, some nasty shots on Figueroa, but Figueroa's kind of a he fights like he's off a park or some shit. You can't really <laughs> can't really do much there. Yeah, he's really imposing. Easy for him to walk through stuff with his physicality. <clears throat> Shakur said him Haney boots. That they're the takeover. Is Fulton a part of that crop? I think Fulton definitely deserves at least like some strong considerations for pound for pound at this point. I mean, he beat like the number two guy. In most people's my Figueroa. I mean, I guess you could think it was Ahmed Aliyev if you swing that way. But I think most people would have thought Figueroa Fulton was one two. I mean, that was a close fight, but he won. Like Roman, he was top five. Leo, he's top. Angelo Leo, that is. He's like top, at least top ten. And he, he at least shit on, like, two of those guys. 
No, like, aside from Figueroa, I can't really think. Like, he did a, kind of a weird performance versus that one guy, like a guy. Yeah, the my, Ukrainian like, guy. Yeah, like, th that was kind of a weird performance, but it was still pretty dominant. I think just the form Fulton, like, always has, like, that's, it's pretty impressive for sure. Especially for, like, 122. Like, you see just a lot of, like, I don't want to say, like, unskilled, but pretty, like, raw fighters. Fulton's, like, pretty unique among, like, his weight. Yeah, I, th I think most guys at the that sort of weight class generally they they are more volume punchers like there's most guys throw a lot of punches and that's how they get their wins but i think that fulton is among only very few people down there who who just box on the back foot box with a jab you know the, fulton throws a lot of punches don't get me wrong but he, he doesn't rely on it can win rounds throwing 10 20 punches oh but they're always so clean yeah, runs. it's it's just that he's there, there. He thinks about is what the punches he throws. He makes sure they make sense. Right. I think he should be benching with those guys. He's getting the uh, the wins. He's doing it in good style. But for his his style would generally be considered boring. But uh, like I'm, I, I haven't been bored in recent memory. I think that maybe if he was fight fighting higher up weight classes, you can do it. But so often, pretty much every fight recently, he's been fighting guys who are just coming onto him on the front foot, and he doesn't need to make the fights exciting on his own because the other guy's trying it and he's just countering on the back foot, and that's he he makes the fight entertaining in his own way. He stays in the pocket a lot more than you'd think. Yeah, yeah, I think he has, he has very good inside defense as well. Like, he, he's not just on the back foot jabbing. You know, when he can get inside and he's got a nice uppercut. Yeah, like, he can lay back on the ropes. Like, he did that a lot against Figueroa. Laid back on the ropes, let Figueroa throw. He did it at, po at points against Leo as well. Throw as much as he wants, and not a lot of it's going to land, even partially. And he'll be throwing uppercuts. Like, he'll just pepper it on. Yeah, you saw it with Roman. You know, Fulton would be on the ropes, and he'd be the one landing the cleaner shot against Roman. But you know, when you, when you would think of you, you know, that would be where Roman would want him. The other guy that uh, Shakur was talking about was uh, Devin Haney himself and Tank. I said add boots and uh, Fulton, and uh, that actually ended up sparking some discussions. People saying uh, replace Fulton with Virgil Ortiz, but I, I don't know about that. I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't like, know about that. I think Virgil just got a style that impresses people more. Virgil's just like a like fuck you like knockout puncher. Like, people love that. Which isn't to say that like he's not like he's definitely a top. Would you say he's like a top five prospect? Like, okay, like, it's, it's always one. it's always tough to say what you consider a prospect because yeah. you count Haney because ultimately he's still yeah. what Haney's still twenty three is he? Yeah, he's young. Yeah. I guess I, I would I guess I would let I would move like Haney and Shakur away from that group. Well, but the, but but then like ultimately, if you're moving Shakur away, really, you probably have to move Fulton away as well. Yeah, no, I would definitely wouldn't consider Fulton a prospect. It's bad. He's I, a unified I think, champion. I think we, I, I'm Tank. Yeah, yeah, Tank, I think, yeah, yeah. has been off it for a while. But then you're just almost punishing people for their own success. You're saying, oh, you're not a prospect anymore, despite being the same age as Virgil Ortiz, just because you've won more than Virgil Ortiz. But I think, like, prospect kind of implies, like, we still don't really know. We we have we have like some good we have some high expectations like we don't really know like Fulton and it's kind of hard for Haney because I mean Haney hasn't really proven he's like the top lightweight so yeah maybe Haney's a little more up for debate but I think Shakur and Fulton I think when Shakur said that he was more so saying like like just young you know fighters who are successful yeah like prospect most of those guys aren't prospects at this point prospects would would be like 
guys who haven't even really had a step up. Like Ennis, I mean, like he he's never had it. Like Morel. I guess you could say like Virgil's had to step up with like Mean Machine, but I don't know if beating Mean Machine like graduates you from mm. prospect. I mean, all right, you can punch. Like that's cool. It's still a lot, a lot more shit you got to know. I mean, like it's not like Ennis hasn't had some all right guys on his record as well. That's true. I mean, I wouldn't call limping yet. It's not a good win. Like it's a solid win. The way he won it was super impressive. But it's all right. Aside from that, I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about relative to the division. I'm talking about relative to. Mean Machine and Cooker. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's for, for sure, yeah. Does Antoine Russell go in this conversation? <sighs> Antoine Russell is just, he's approaching Gary Russell frustration where it's like, brother, just fight more. He He's hes on the Danny Garcia undercard. That's pretty active. I don't remember when the post saw. When was that? February? February. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's became yeah. more re- active recently, but there was yeah. a spell before the postal fight, and yeah. obviously yeah. he's got. Bartholomew, I think, on the undercard. Yeah, Rancis. Rancis. But, but before that, it's like you just want him to become more active, and he is. You know, fair, fair play. But I, I was, he had me worried for a second that he was good the way of Alan. That's the one. Gary, G- Gary and Gary and Tony is his younger one who was at the Olympics recently, wasn't he? Yeah, the one twenty-two. One's kind of weird. Like he's in a division people just don't really give a fuck about. And t- I think Antonio's not very good either. Yeah, no. Antonio's. He's not the best of the fighting uh, Russells. All right, on the undercard, Morel, spicier than Hot Sauce Henderson. Was this... Uh, I don't know, how do, how do we rate this How do we rate this display? Because I have a strong inclination that Morel might be a sadist, just the way that he beat up on Henderson. Like, it wasn't... It was pretty bad. Yeah, Morel's a beast. I'll watch him, like, every time. I, mean, I think it's, it's him and Ennis. Of guys that, like, I think most people would consider prospects, like, going off the prospect conversation, I think it would have to be Ennis and Morel. Like, they're just two guys that, that just look like they're ready to fight for the belt. And, like, you, you think they could win it. Yeah, they are. With Morel, it's a little more, like, shocking because he only has, like, six fights. So to have that assessment, like, six fights in is, like, not very common. But he, like, he is young. He's, like, 24. He's not, like, one of those guys who turns, like, pro at 30 and, like, just has to be fast-tracked. Everyone involved with Morel just has... Like a super high, uh, like a read on him. Yeah, you know, I think they have a ton of confidence. Hopefully the Benavides. Hopefully that's real. His manager said something about it being kind of risky, so maybe maybe that's not next. But just whatever it is, Benavides, Plant. Yeah, I'd watch him fight Durrell. Anything. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'd watch him fight anyone. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. I, I like Durrell, but um, I, I don't think he wants the Benavides smoke just yet. Yeah, not yet. It would be mad early. Yeah, maybe like another year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when you when you think about it, Benavides is only a year older than him. I think it's just yeah, the case true. of he's he's been fighting since he was about sixteen. Yeah, I just think all that, just the experience, which is like, I mean, I don't know how much like meaningful experience Morel will pick up with like one more year. Like he'll still fight. Like one sixty eight is just kind of weak. You know, yeah, I I think it's it's there's quite a big gap between like. Benavidez and even like Caleb Plant and the kind of middle like there's not many people in that sort of middle that he can Morel can move on now. Guys, like, the middle is guys like like Durrell, Callum like, Smith. Oh, Callum Smith yeah. moved up. Never mind. Yeah, like maybe uh, Saunders. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm okay. I, he's not going to come out of retirement for that smoke either. You know. Yeah, I think I think there's a whole bunch of like, there's a few British guys and a few. You know Europeans, but it's like they probably won't take that fight. Yeah, there was there was talk about Morel fighting Ryder, like I don't know eight months ago. That obviously 
Man, I would have liked to see it at the time, just because Rodgers like durable, if nothing else. But yeah, yeah totally, uh, that's from his perspective. Oh, uh, let's see who else is in the area. Um, Robbie, out of curiosity, do you like remember um, Fielding Rider? Was that like a fight you were paying attention no, to? Uh, I, I, I wasn't getting that big enough of a fan at the time. What what year was that? Or, 2017, that was before you were into boxing big style. No, uh, like 2016 I started, but probably not enough to be interested in rock. Yeah, I think yeah, that's understandable. I would have went anyway. Just like anytime there's a fight in my city, I always go. Just because it doesn't. I think. Come I think the. Th- I think the thing is in the UK. Like if I, it's so small. Like if I wanted to go on a fight in Liverpool, I could travel and go back. You know, like I, obviously in the US, if you wanted to go to LA, it would take you three days. <laughs> it yeah. is also just the uh, the low quality of cards. You know, really do put you off. <laughs> Ain't you going to a Nathan Gorman card, my guy? Uh, I'm debating it, but yeah, again, <laughs> the low quality of the cards really puts you off. Shout out to Nathan Gorman. Definitely one of the best prospects coming out of the UK in a while. <laughs> in, in the big baby in 2026, brother. Did he, did, was, maybe I'm like Mr. Bear, maybe Gorman has always been like insanely fat but did he not just like balloon like after the Dubois loss not really he was fat before that I just feel like he got huge after but yeah maybe maybe, maybe he got fatter but he was he was you know he, he did have a six pack before it brother yeah nah, he was always in bad shape for sure but I just remember I feel like I saw, the first time I saw like Gorman after uh, I saw Dubois kill him actually I've there. just looked I've went on Baltrick and I've looked at his weight pretty consistently before Dubois it was 250 and both fights since it's been 270 which yeah. you know I, d- I don't think that's muscle mass brother <laughs> yeah no nah, I think he did not take the loss very well and uh went down to the chippy as you as you lads would say he had a couple of pizza crunches <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro- hey brother don't put Nathan Gordon on us <laughs> conquered um, all the chippy just cause we mentioned Dubois so, is, is this fight happening on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, no. Did you not see the press conference where Don no, King's, like, reanimated body, like, wandered over to the podium and spoke for, like, 45 minutes? Yeah, Don, Don King, once he gets going now, he doesn't stop. Someone someone needs to just turn the mic off. Yeah, he I went on. watch Don King's speech, but I saw I'd... pictures of the press conference. You know, it's Don King. He could, everybody could pull out tomorrow, but as of now, it is happening. All right, bro. Well, I'm, well, I'm excited. Wait, when is that happening again? Trevor Bryan uh, in Miami. Yeah, it's Saturday. Tre- uh, Trevor, Trevor Bryan did WB. Like, yeah. You just wonder, am I even going to be able to find the stream? <laughs> Will you bother you gotta, to gotta, find the stream? We've got to call it out, brother. Feds are listening. Yeah, I, 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 I think that Don King's production would probably be better than ESPN's, to be fair. Oof, probably. That's, that's a pretty low bar to get over. Is it, is it, yeah, it's in Florida, right? That's yeah. where like all Donkey's cards are at this point. Yeah, probably tax reasons. Oh, I thought because like he's really old, so he just lives in Florida as probably other people do. <laughs> he does live in Florida. Got warrants in other forty-nine states. Uh, what's the card looking like? That fight? I mean, it's a Donkey card, brother. The guys you've never heard of, like they're making no money. Okay, Stu, I'll, I'll let you know, but Donkey has been in charge of some big fights, brother. Yeah, might, <laughs> I have one fight left. You know, one big cars. This is his George Foreman moment. 
You know, Frank got back at Wembley. No one thought that. I, li- I, I literally don't know a single person on the undercard. Yeah, I don't uh, recognize any names. Just Dubois. He's the only one that I only name that I. D- Trishon Wiggins. Um, he might have been on some showbot cards or someone back in the day. I recognize that a bit. Remember that time, like after like Vanis Martirosian uh, got knocked out by Golovkin, he was like, "Yeah, I had to throw the fight because Don King stole all my money." <laughs> that was awesome. Martirosian said that. It was made even better because he was like, "Yeah, I decided to go to Don King to give him like a second chance to." Like fix his reputation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that was really thoughtful of you. Do we give um, Trevor Bride any, any shot? <laughs> I'm assuming you've never seen him. I've only seen him once or twice. He's going to get knocked out like two rounds. He's fucking okay. awful. So my yeah, I said, it, I said it in the chat earlier. The fact that he's with Don King lets you know like everything you need to know. I, I also think he, he ducked Manuel Char. Which, yeah. You know, yo, brother, if you're ducking <laughs> Manuel Char... <laughs> If Trevor Bryan was, like, literally good, like, at all, he would be with, like, a major promoter. Because he's an American heavyweight. But he's fucking not, because he sucks. And nobody wants to, like, spend any money on him. But he stopped uh, Bermain Stavern. Hey, brother, don't get me started on Bermain Stavern. (laughs) Prime prime Stavern, different story. I did buy that pay-per-view, but I did did fall asleep before the story. (laughs) (laughs) That's just debating to boxing editors. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is that is fucking ridiculous. I, I remember that's the one uh, Don King showed old fights that he must <laughs> still hold the image rights to <laughs> as, as an undercard. <laughs> so, so you paid money to watch fights from the 70s and 80s? <laughs> yep, you could have put up on YouTube in like two things. In a small ratio. To, to be fair... Screen. To be fair, Robbie, I wouldn't be surprised if you were so high, you'd be like, what the fuck, George Foreman's back! <laughs> He's fighting again! Don King's brought out the classics, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I fell asleep, so what says everything you need to know about that card? Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some old shit right there. I mean, hey, if you're wanting to watch cards like that, though, you almost gotta buy it, because no pirate gives a fuck. Yeah, like, it's not worth it, bro. Tim Boxeo used to say that, like, club fights being watched by, like, six people and he would get messages saying, saying, "Oh, you've got a, you got an illegal stream for this." <laughs> <laughs> it was probably one of the fighters' mobs. It's like, bro, supply and demand. Those Canadian ones are always super hard to get a, a stream for, and the fighters are relatively popular. You know, like Lemieux or um, Stevenson. You know, before before the accident. You know, Canada's a weird like Canadian boxing is like its own weird little like universe. It's it's you like know? British boxing, but they speak French instead. British boxing sucks. Like we all know that, but Canadian boxing makes it look like greatest thing to like ever. Happen. The thing is, is if you've ever spoke to a French Canadian boxing fan, they are like a British boxing fan, where they'll just be like this random shit guy, and they'll be like, no, he's he's legit, brother. He's legit. He means business. Shout out to uh, skillful. There used to be a guy in the, in the old, the old slack who used to insist Adonis Stevenson was pound for pound number one. <laughs> uh, dude, if you're Canadian, you you probably, I mean, you should think Adonis is just the greatest of all time. You gotta claim him. Like you'd have no one else. Yeah, like Jean if you were him, or... hey, hey, brother, they're taking yeah. Lennox Lewis. I'm not allowing it to happen. <laughs> Dude, if I was Canadian, I would fight tooth and nail. I would. My profile picture would be that picture of Linux at the Olympics, with the, like the flag draped all over him and shit. 
Talking of uh, Canadian boxers, do you guys remember that Ulysses Jr.? Man who, uh, he beat the Hebrew, Hebrew hammer. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He clowned yeah, he him. He was on the Saunders undercard, Saunders Lemire. Is <laughs> any reason for bringing him up? Just no, remember no, just, him? We were talking about Canadian boxing. <laughs> fond <laughs> memories, fond memories. Uh, shout out to Eves Ulysses Jr., one of the Canadian goats. Him and Steve Rolls. <laughs> Didn't he then get knocked out by, like, Spike O'Sullivan? Or was that someone else? Nah, Ulysses Jr. is 140. Yeah, he's a 140 guy. Oh, holy shit. I didn't realize. Damn, the Hebrew Hammer was 140? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. He popped yeah, for I guess uh, actually... steroids twice. Yeah, he fought, he fought Zab Jr. Hey, did you know the Hebrew Hammer now runs a Funko Pop YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That that's... is terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> that, that's, that's a worse crime than any of his boxing. Was he stepping on your turf, Stu? Hey, brother, he's eating, eating up my views. <laughs> I fucked up this plot chain. Okay, so we went through Morel, and pretty much the only thing left, as far as redo, is uh, In A Way Donaire 2 ends in 2. Surprised? I wouldn't say surprised. Like, I'm the resident In A Way hater. Like, I always like find some way to like discredit In A Way. Also, um, everyone look up. Uh, him uh, wrapping his gloves, a little bit sus, you know, to stuff yourself. Ooh, what, what, a... what sus about it? I mean, the bro was building some. He's building some bricks in there. It, it, it depends. Some commissions, are, some commissions allow you to stack. I don't know about Japan, but stacking's not illegal everywhere. But some some people, like some people, were saying it wasn't on his knuckles. I mean, it was blatantly on his knuckles. The the tape, I'd... but fifty layers of tape like right on his knuckle. That's just it's a little sus. But anyway, you're, you're, you're allowed as much tape as you want. It's just you're not allowed to stack in some places. But it, I don't know. It looked like it was it was very thick for sure. It was a lot. It was very padded. Either way, though, I mean that's just a conspiracy. You know, this isn't a conspiracy podcast. That's why we brought Robbie on. But I mean, it was impressive for sure. I mean, you couldn't. He did. He, he understood uh, what the expectation was. He couldn't struggle with him again. I mean, that would have been an awful look. Like after all the all this time. It's just a little. It's kind of sad because it's, clearly people's interest in Inouye is still there. People got excited about this, the highlight and all that shit, and oh, Inouye's number one again or whatever. Like people still have some hype for him. So it's just unfortunate that everything's moving so slow. Why did this not happen already? It's been like fucking three years, dude. You know what I mean? Like there was no reason for all this delay. But yeah, I mean, for just the performance as it was, you know, good shit from Inouye. He knocked him out. It was brutal. Yeah, it's pretty rough. What he's meant to do corrected the first fight but uh yeah i agree why, why does it take so long to, to finally do it you know but uh, i thought i thought a good performance from you know in, in a way yeah i thought it was fine it was is this a was this like a no win kind of situation for him like you have to you have to beat the old man that made you look kind of he was he was a banana peel and you slipped so you have to avenge it brutally which he did but you know, we have to qualify it with Donaire's age. It had to be this way, or else it would have been bad. It would have been a bad I, look, like we said. I, th- I think the thing is, though, is ultimately the story of Inoue's career is he didn't really have any other options. You know, like, he's been quite unfortunate in the way the, the divisions had turned out. Obviously, like, ye- this years ago, when he was the super fly, but he got quite unlucky that he was meant to fight Gonzalez, and then Gonzalez lost. And, you know, obviously the Casemiro fight was done and then that got cancelled. Like, he's been quite unlucky with circumstances in terms of getting the right fight. But he also signed with top rank. Yeah, I think... I think... Never, never a good sign. 
that's something that's hit. the thing is is like this trans trans Pacific rather sort of real way of Japanese fighters coming across and trying to get fights has always been awkward. There's never really been a Japanese guy who, who's consistently came over, especially a guy like Inoue who's big in Japan. Like it's so tough to get people to come over, and if you go over to the US, you're you're wasting your drawing power almost. So it puts him in a very strange situation. It doesn't help that he's in the smaller divisions too. Yeah, and also just the divisions he's been in have been dead for the most part. A lot of the time he's been quite unlucky with just the quality of fighters around him as well. Yeah, it just kind of feels like Inouye hasn't like committed to anything. Like He's just kind of been posting since the Donair fight, and then it finally happens again, which is good. I mean, it looks good for him like on paper, like Donair... TKO2 or whatever. But I don't know. He just hasn't shown that much initiative. He's just fine to do whatever. Like, yeah, I'll take a fight in top rank versus, like, some shitter. Yeah, I'll go back to Japan and, like, fight some shitter. Like, I, I just wish he would either, like, either stay in Japan, you know what I mean, and go that way. Because they could probably, I mean, those weights are small enough. I mean, Japanese, I don't know who, what, you know, the promotion or company, I don't know, like, what they're called. But I'm sure they could pony up the money for that. Or it's, like, you know, commit to a western like like commit all the way and try and fight the you know the big like obviously pvc would be ideal because the names are 122 but i don't know just just something i would just like a plan for in a way it just seems like it's like freestyled would he would he how would he fare at 22 because like his style would be really he would be a great aesthetically matched with a lot of the guys like leo roman like figaro would be fucking huge by comparison but like that's still too two guys that are that get after it um, i think also um just to mention i think figaro is officially at 126 now uh that's too bad he's actually fighting that dude uh, he's fighting castro carlos, carlos castro yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i read that because yeah. like a few weeks ago I, I checked and he didn't have anything lined up let me see yeah it's uh it was today yeah yeah brandon yeah. figaro to face carlos Castro on uh 9th of july yeah, it's his featherweight debut, so I guess he's out of the picture. I mean, in a way, would obviously knock the shit out of like ninety percent of one twenty-two. Like Roman, I mean, he would destroy Roman. He would destroy Akhmadaliev. Really, if if Figaro was going up, then probably the only question mark is Fulton. And I, yeah, I think I, I think really, as as cynical as it sounds, I think there's just so much to work out in that Fulton fight. I don't see it happening anytime soon. You have to be very optimistic for sure. You'd have to be super, super optimistic. Because the good news is it probably wouldn't take that much money. But like that still doesn't. I think it doesn't take that much money, but also no, nobody would be willing to pay that much money. Yeah, like it's and it's also kind of like it's so hard to like get a read on in a way. Like it's it's impossible to find like any details about the top rank deal other than like just the basics of it. Like there's there's no indication of how long it is or anything like that. So like, is he near the? <laughs> I don't know if he is. I'm not finding the Castro fight. It's unboxing scene. Let's see. Carlos Castro. Great. We gotta watch my guy get his ass beat again. <laughs> that That's probably a fight that Figaro could look a little bad in, though. Yeah. That's all things I, th I think Figaro is one of those guys that he, he used his weight a lot, so I think going up will be. You know, it won't necessarily make him worse, but it'll be a, a tough learning curve initially just to, you know, understand sometimes you won't have four or five pounds on fight night over the guy you're fighting. For example, like when he fought Julio Seja, yeah, Seja like went in way overweight. Yeah, he, he was like, it was 
properly. Like, I think I think he weighed overweight for 126 as well. Yeah, like he, he was just huge. But So maybe that's not the best indication. But if that I, was the time that Colton was fighting a guy who had some size, like was bringing some size into it, or Figueroa, I should say. And I mean, it was dead close. I think it ended up being a draw. But yeah, yeah but, but also, you know, say has not good. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So it'd be interesting to see how he, he deal. You know, obviously Figueroa will have a bit more weight on him as well, but he yeah, won't no, have the same that. advantage. Yeah, and I don't mean that. I love Figueroa. He's great, but he had two back-to-back impressions. Like Neri and Fulton were both very impressive performances. So I think it's kind of like giving the illusion that he's like this complete fighter that like hasn't shown like some weakness, but he yeah. definitely has. Yeah, no, he went on a great run. That that that's really made him look a lot better. But I'm excited to see Figueroa back in the ring. I like I like watching Figueroa. Yeah, he's super fun. He's definitely one of the most just... Like, if you ever see Figueroa on an undercard, it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is about to be yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, stylistically, very fun to watch. It was the... I don't... Dude, if I could name you the the, the champs in most divisions that aren't, like, super low weight, bro, I have no idea about 126. Is that Maxio? Yeah. WBC is okay. Maxio. Uh, Santa Cruz, that would be WBA. Fight, actually, Figueroa and Maxio, I, that, I would fuck that fight. Navarrete. Does Nambaret still have the WBO in that way? Yeah. You know he does, bro. Top rank. Whatever Bob orders. <laughs> hey, Nambaret's going to hold like a million WBO straps. Um, who, who's the other two? Who, it's um, Laywood. Is Laywood like a legit champ or not? He's the regular. So oh, Leo's the super. Yeah, Leo's yeah. the super. Yeah. Who's the IBF? Uh, the it's still, still Warrington, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's still uh, oh, Josh Warrington. Yeah. It's fucking Warrington. Jesus Christ. Because the, the the Lara loss, did Lara weigh overweight? And then it was vacated, and then Barry won it, and then Kiko won it. Or no, I think what happened is, I think he vacated it before the Lara fight, right? Oh, he did, didn't, he, yeah, he, didn't he, didn't, wasn't the Barry fight, or he was ordered to rematch Kid Galahad, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah, you've got it too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Galahad, I don't know if they, I don't know if they just gave it to him, or if he had to fight for a vacant, whatever happened. How the fuck did he knocked out by Kiko? I, I, think kid, uh, I think Kid won it in Eddie Hearn's backyard. For real, in a performance. In the Brentwood fights. Yeah, that's like the crowning moment. It's like the crowning moment of your career. And you're just, <laughs> coming, like, you're just in your boss's backyard. Like he's just, <laughs> just with all these like rich douchebags, like super high. Let's see. When are they bringing back? When is Fight Camp coming back? Fuck. Yeah, that, that, those fights must have surely been a huge loss, even though the, he was selling some ridiculous tickets, but... Yeah, I, yeah, that that was just a strange gimmick overall. Everything about it just kind of creeped me out, to be honest. He um, he beat Jazza Dickens. Uh, James <laughs> Dickens, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jazza Yeah, Dickens. that's his name. You, you, yeah. The only thing I remember about him is him getting his jaw broken by Regendo. But yeah, he uh, he stopped him as he had his backyard. <laughs> Dude, I remember one time. This is like I probably shouldn't admit this in public. <laughs> Gal- <laughs> Gala had a uh, he was he was like he had some affiliation with PBC. I don't know if it was an actual deal, but they were like working together for like one or two fights. And he fought, I think it was Claudio Marrero, and he like beat the shit out of him. Like it was like really strange because that's like not how Galahad fights. And that was like the first time I'd ever seen him. And I was like, dude. This Galahad guy's fucking legit. Like this guy's like the best in the UK, bro. How he fought in the um, <laughs> in the Jazza Dickens fight. Looked really good. Looked really good. And then yeah, next fight, yeah. boom. 
yeah, I can't. That, that was like sh- pretty shocking to me seeing he. I mean, I didn't think he was like uh, super amazing, but I was like, well, you know, he arguably beat Warrington. Maybe this guy's legit. And then he just got like memes by Akiko. It was ridiculously uh, bad of the corner to let him out for that round, you know? Yeah, it was like the exact same punch both times. <laughs> it was just like, okay. Well, yeah, it was clear he wasn't recovered. And they should have seen that in the corner. I thought that was really bad that uh, Ingle let him back out. <laughs> hey, bro. Slim pickings, my guy. <laughs> yeah, man, but he mustn't have been answering any questions in that corner, bro. Like, he can't have been saying anything. If the next punch just bowls him over like that. I think the funniest thing ever is, like, how... Just on topic, like, trainers. Like, since Robert um, Garcia has gotten the AJ job, like, anytime they ask him about AJ, he's like, oh, I've always thought AJ was, like, the best heavyweight of all time. <laughs> like, he's clearly trying to hold on to that job. Okay, from, to be fair, what is he going to say? Oh, I thought he fucking sucked. But True. he pays me well. I watched, I did watch one one moment I thought was really funny. I don't know if anybody else watched. Um, it's on his YouTube channel. It was like his son was just asking him a bunch of questions about like the camp and how he got the job and all that shit. Because he's already in English at this point. And um, his son says something like, yeah, we made a, like a pound for pound list like a couple weeks ago. And I think we both had Usyk number one. And Robert's like, yeah, I don't know if I had him number one. But uh, <laughs> he was like, pop, pop for sure. <laughs> he was like, Peter, shut the fuck up. <laughs> AJ's in the other room, asshole. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, he's not trying to—he's not trying to lose that bag. All right, let's look ahead. This weekend we have Jaime Munguia returning against Jim Kelly. Who is that? <laughs> you might ask. Exactly. So UK guys, had y'all ever heard of Kelly? I'd never heard of Kelly. First, <laughs> I am googling him right now. I've never heard. I—I I don't think I recognize the name. He beat that one guy, Kanat Islam or whatever. Yeah, Kanat Islam. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, didn't, I don't know him well, but I've heard, like, because I remember there used to be one hipster who, who really liked Kanat Islam. And I thought it was very funny that he lost to some <laughs> British bum. Yeah, like a legit bum. Like. His losses are to Dennis it, Hogan. It's Kilrain Kelly, yeah. I, 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 and Liam Smith. No shame. You know, I, I've, I've heard his name. I I think I probably watched the Liam Smith fight. Oh, I was in the the Lee Saunders undercard, so I would have. But I think he probably got smashed so badly that I didn't remember his name. Yeah, Liam Smith stops him in seven. That's saying yeah, a lot. Yeah, I've kind of I kind of reckon that you know it's a bit of familiarity to the name, but he's not good. You know, let's let's get that straight, brother. Yeah, I'm just bored of Mungia. It's just fucking boring. Like I hate hearing about it. And like you never like. It's, it's just funny, because, like, Munguia will fight, and, like, he'll just, like, knock some guy out in, like, five rounds. And then, like, three months later, like, a fight's announced, and then it's, like, t- three weeks later. Like, I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. There's, like, no hype at all. But, but what I think is the most annoying about Munguia is, like, the standard of fighter has gotten worse over time. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, he, yeah. like he, fought, he fought Liam Liam Smith, what, four years ago. And that's a guy who sma- like smashed up Kilrain Kelly. It's like, the, but because yeah. the thing is, like, since that Hogan fight, is that's when they kind of started protecting him. They went, shit, we better. But I think he's gotten better since then. Like, I think, you know, he's not great, but I think he's actually kind of progressed since then, and they still have him fighting just absolute junk. Yeah, Tur- like, he looked okay against uh, Turiano Johnson. The, the, Ros- the Rosado fight, he looked all right. Yeah, yeah, Rosado's always game, so he did actually really well. Yeah, and, and, and it was just after Rosado had 
beat Beck and had taken Danny Jacobs right down to the wire. And then Munguia beat him pretty clearly. It's like... He just feels like he's a guy who, like, it's so obvious that, like, his handlers have, like, zero confidence in I think the thing is, it was... It's been obvious for years. Like, remember when it was... I think it was when Triple G fought Vanis. It was when Canelo pulled out of that initial fight. Like, they were offering Munguia for that fight. And it's like, if you were offering a guy on two weeks' notice to get knocked out by Triple G, you know, like, you don't have faith in him. You, you, you're, what, you're going, right, let's cash him out now. Get paid. Yeah, you're sending him for the paycheck, pretty much. Because he was, he was like 21 at the time as well. It's like they were literally sending a 21-year-old to be killed. Yeah, it's just weird because like he won, he won like a title off uh, Liam when he was like 23. That was like pretty impressive, like for the time, like in the context. But then it's like they were just like, all right, well. Um, he won it off a uh, Saddam Ali, not. Oh, did he? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because that, that was when the Saddam Ali meme period yeah. where he beat a Koto. like a 80, 80 year old Koto with a torn yeah. bicep and he still struggled yeah it just feels like after that they were just like well um back to being a prospect but I think like the, eating, you know, there was eating. some all right fighters back then but i think that hogan fight just scared them right off it's like let's never have them fight anyone good again yeah yeah that's probably true it's just like i mean at, at a certain point there's gonna be a breaking point eventually like I think there's going to be a point where he gets an offer that they, you know, the risk of a, a loss is worth it, no matter how high that risk is. But yeah, at, at this point, I don't know who it would be. You know, maybe. I mean, after the Charlo fight fell apart, I was just yeah. like, never like it, I, th- I think it really is Charlo, or you know, there's not that many other people there that would that it's worth selling them to lose to almost. Uh, Charlo Golovkin. That's about it. To, to be fair, maybe he does get better, even better still, so that he's actually good, but, you know. It's just like he's not even young anymore. He's like 28, right? He's 25. He's 25? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize he was that young. But yeah, still, I mean, like, compare him, like, which, not that their best wins aren't, like, super far apart. Like, Munguia, if anything, probably has better wins relatively. But I just think about, like, Benavidez versus, like, Munguia. It feels like there's just so much more confidence in someone like Benavidez. And like, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like he's actually progressing to like be legit. Like, when he just like plateaued and like he's just, I don't know, just waiting to die, like to some better fighter, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's just really weird. Like, just the way they handle it. Does the Lara we saw against Spike, does that Lara beat Mungia? No, no. Sadly. Yeah. I don't think he's that bad. Like, I would, dude. I would. I would. Every fiber of my body would be with with Lohar that night. I th- I think the thing is, is Spike O'Sullivan is a very efficient punching bag. Like he's very good at getting KO'd and making other people look good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually a very good description of him. Yeah, I mean, Lara is just too. He's too. Like his legs are obviously gone. That would just be. That would be a death sentence for Smungia, I think, at this age. Yeah, I think that's a very winnable fight for Mungia. Definitely shows he's lost the lost a step or two. While while his new style is is a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like how Rigandau was, you know. Yeah. Like Rigandau at a certain point was just like fuck it, like I'm just gonna like lose a bunch of rounds and like try and find power shots. Biggest Lara isn't really losing that many rounds, but still, it's but, just kind of weird because like you know like the like yeah Lara's having like a little I don't know, I wouldn't call it a resurgence but like I mean, they just keep giving him like highlights basically. Like, this is all going to culminate in, like, some super brutal matchup. They're talking about throwing him in with Charlo 
after Suleki. Uh, after Suleki, that which would have been next week, but that got postponed. That right. would, I guess like for the payday, I suppose, but that's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I just feel like they're obvious. Like you, you don't give a four like a thirty-nine-year-old Lara showcases like if you're not trying to get something out of it in the end. You know, I just wonder like what that is. It probably will be Charla. How about Ryota Murata? Yeah, I actually, one th- one thing about Ayat Manguia is the fight this Saturday's at one sixty-eight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which just fucking like he yeah. can't he can't even be bothered having defenses of his title anymore. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Like, I mean, it's like, at, at what point, like, is it... I mean, 168 is just too much. Like, he's not... Like, he should not be at 168. Like, Yeah, it's... Man, like, it's like a Brandon Figueroa kind of situation where the more he moves up, like, his advantages go down, which was his imposing size and considerable it, power like, for the weight. But the thing is, is Kareem Kelly, I don't think, is a 168 fighter either, because Kanat Islam's 160. Like, yeah, no. so, it's, so it's just like, he's, he's just, dragging a guy up. He did look really bad at the weigh-in for his last fight. I don't know if anybody remembers. Yeah, he, he, he looked, looked quite like, bad. Yeah. Didn't like, he almost so pass out? Yeah, he looked like he was about to. He said he was sick, though, didn't he? Yeah, so, who knows. But if 168 is like a permanent move, that's, that's, not, that's not good. I think there is more there for him, but... Yeah, for sure. It's just like... He like didn't even do anything at 160. You know yeah, I mean? like, he didn't get like, a title, you know. Yeah, like nothing. Like he, he just continued the trend. Yeah, he hasn't done anything since that uh, 154 belt. And I mean, even that was very much a fortunate circumstance. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like that belt was almost bad for his progression. Just because he's almost... It forced him to tread water instead of progressing in any way. I don't know, especially now that Golden Boy is sort of in a precarious situation, so to speak. Now they're really going to keep the training wheels on pretty hard. Do we need to say more about Mr. Munguia? <laughs> no, I think he's been shit on enough. Yeah. We'll talk about the uh, mega announcement of uh, Chisora Pulev, too. <laughs> I knew you were actually. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it sucked. The first fight sucked. Chisora sucks. I don't want to see Chisora anymore. He's going to fucking die out there. That's my opinion. <laughs> well, I'll take the opposite opinion. I, I for one, cannot wait to see Del Boy <laughs> mash up Pula. <laughs> no, I think this is a 50-50 fight, I suppose, for Chisora. <laughs> and as long as he keeps providing a fun matchup, let him, let him keep coming out, I say. Brother, did you watch the first... Chisora uh, versus Pulev. I've got to say, I didn't. I did not either. It, it was not a fun fight. <laughs> no? Yeah, Ch- Ch- I think the thing is, is that Chisora was in a lot of boring fights. And that kind of, almost around that first Dillian White fight, you know, he the, the Caballel fight as well, where he oh, kind yeah. of just got mindlessly jabbed for 12. And I the, think that's uh, what... The Gashi fight. That was another really dull one he has been in. Like... He he kind of has this reputation as an action fighter, and yeah, he does sometimes, but a lot of the time he doesn't. <laughs> um, more, he he hits more than he misses, I, I'll say. But uh, both guys have really nothing to lose in this fight. Really, they no have one not, expects they too have much not, from him. They have nothing to gain. <laughs> they have they have, they have yeah. their yeah. It, that, they it's have, just so pointless. Like they're both just like done. Like they're both like I don't know. 
and like it wasn't a fun fight to watch like was there like were there unanswered questions like, i just don't understand the angle this fight comes from i i think maybe eddie went ahead and booked the oak to expecting that the kaunaki fight was done <laughs> Pulev's the first guy who said yeah. I don't know, that's that's my best guess. Uh, yeah. Pulev's still waiting in the fucking trailer money, isn't he? Yeah, I guess probably. probably a little desperate one way or the other. I'm not sure why Chisora's still doing this to himself. Don't tell what you see why Pulev's really doing it to himself either. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah, they're both um, just clearly a little bit in denial. Especially Chisora. Like, he had that very disturbing video on Twitter where he was like, gyrating his head like towards the camera it was like hashtag retirements for pussies or something bro please retire <laughs> hey i'm not even a fan of yours and this shit is making me uncomfortable to watch he's already not going to have a lot of his faculties left in his twilight years and... i don't know it just feels like like there was that nice little like you know chisora like the first chisora renaissance maybe when he knocked out it was the white fight the white loss really yeah like people were really like Man, because, Shizora, the, because the, the thing is is it really didn't matter because he, he lost to Gabriel and people didn't fucking care it was like that fight <laughs> didn't matter then he, yep. knocked, then he knocked out Takam who for some reason British fans thought was good because he stood about and got hit by AJ for 10 rounds <sighs> And yeah, know, he came top, in on late notice for that, didn't he? The top yeah, yeah. five, top five heavyweight, Carlos Takam. Yep. And then, then there was a second white fight, which was close as well. And yeah, they also, uh, they also, he was up on the cards uh, in the rematch. True. They got fucking KO'd. You know? Well, that stoppage over Spilka was was that highlight reel? Yeah, that, that there was, was like yeah, it was it was good, but. And then he beat Price. There was a little like period where they were just matching them with guys that he could like eat. like Spoke and Price. I mean, they're both. Like, I uh, think was... I think Chisora and White have the same effect where people just ignore half their fights and they they look at Chisora's career and they just ignore every time he's lost and every time he's beat at a shocking fight. Chizora has an ability to like just make people just like forget. Like it's like the fucking it's like the Flash, like on Men in Black. Like, it'll be, like, the worst fight you've ever seen, and, like, you'll lose. And then, like, they announce another fight six months later, and they're like, yeah, let's go down. Or, like, War Chisora. <laughs> All right. I think it's the allure of heavyweights has a big part of that, you know? But, but other heavyweights don't, don't have the same effect. <laughs> yeah. He's so That's unique. Like, I, I can't compare him to, like, almost anyone. Like, he's so unique. Like, it's, like, it's as if, like, Eric Molina had a fan base. You know what I mean? You're just like, what, like, what is wrong with you? I wish I could explain why, uh... I do too. I can't. It's just something, you know, intangible about him. There's something in the British. There's something in the British brain just loves Derek Chisora. <laughs> yeah, there's something about him that's endearing. You just can't help but like him. The, the lovable loser. Yeah, the I think is, that's what it is. The thing is, it's it's, it's not lovable. it's not even it's not lovable, and the British fans don't accept that he's a loser. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? It's more than just like the perennial. He's like the perennial dark horse, you know. One thunder dog. I think it's also like he's just been around for so long. I think that a lot of people is that's maybe that, one that plays a part. He has been in some big nights, whether you like him or not. You know, even if he doesn't win the cards, he's he's, he's he's in the right places, brother. Like he got the hay fight at like the prime of Hay's career. Classic Hay was a. <laughs> it was a career move. Do you know, like that—that—that's my favorite bit of his career. Like he just kept falling upwards. Like he lost to Fury, 
and then he got like at the Hellenist fight. He lost to Hellenist. He somehow got the Klitschko fight after that, and then he lost it. And he somehow got the Hay fight after that, and then <laughs> lost it. Yeah, starting early. It, like that moment. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Chizora for the moment where he spit in Klitschko's face. That was pretty funny. That has its own, you know, place in boxing history. But it's like that time. Who did Chizora rob? Was it or get robbed by? Was it Helenius? Yeah, I think he. I think it was. That was like I, an early omen of like how his career would go. But I mean, that just happened over and over and over and over again. Except they weren't really robberies all the other times. But he he keeps them close enough that it it keeps people thinking. Oh, maybe he wins three more rounds this, next time. Maybe next time. Maybe he doesn't yeah. get KO'd brutally okay. and get bad CTE. I, I do like uh-huh. about him is he doesn't have ideas above his station. You know, <laughs> I, I would argue a guy who has twelve losses and still gets big fights, still headline card, is exactly someone who gets ideas above their station. But he's not calling out Wilder. He's not, you know, demanding a Fury trilogy. One hundred percent called out Wilder. He and Eddie both called out Wilder. That is a hundred percent true. That's and it was it. after he got like destroyed and dropped four times by Parker. They're like, yeah, you could fight Deontay. Like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Derek Chisora claims he will beat Hardhead KO artist Deontay Wilder. <laughs> man, that... Oh, man, that is fucking awesome, dude. Chisora doing CTE for reps. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I distinctly remember that little, like, week period where Eddie was like, yeah, like, Chisora Wilder, we'll make it right now. Like, why not? <laughs> I and it was right that. after, like, why, like, after all performances to say that after, like, the Parker rematch? He looked fucking terrible in that fight. I think Eddie really just wants to bring Wilder to the UK. Yeah, I think Eddie just wants to, like, kill Derek Chisora. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think Chisora left Eddie Heard a lot of money in his will, and he's like, just fucking give it to me now. <laughs> I can't think of any other explanation. Like, I don't know, like, they've gotten so much mileage out of him. And, like, do you think, like, is this the breaking point? Like, will this fight just totally bomb? They're like, all right, no more main events for... I think this fight will do badly. Yeah. Because it's... His other fights, like, non-white fights, from my understanding, have not been particularly good. It's hard to draw too many P. He's kind of a cult, like, a cult figure, you know? I think they'll need a good supporting card for this. Like, Chisora, on his own, in 2022, isn't... You know what I mean? He's not going to give you... Yeah, Chisora Parker one did 145k, which is very low for a British pay-per-view. It's the lowest since Chris Eubank versus Red Alt Quigland. (laughs) That was a a great play. That Quigland one was dirt cheap too. Yeah, I I have emailed ITV Box. To be fair, ITV Box Office did a few more, and they didn't release numbers, and I've emailed them multiple times asking for, because Callum Smith had a fight on ITV pay-per-view and I've asked them for the numbers and they, they won't give it to me. <laughs> Which one? Was it Hol- it was, Holskin? Was it, I think it was Holskin, but I've emailed them multiple times asking for them and I, <laughs> I, I think they'd be single single figures. I don't <laughs> see who else would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be in like 10k or something, right? If I remember, I bought the Holskin fight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, Robbie. What the, what is, are you okay? Like, you... I was on a Callum Smith uh, <laughs> wave at the time. Your box in the Super Series finest. He, he wasn't at the time. Like this was before that. that. 
Oh, was, no, that was part of the World Boxing Super Series, wasn't yeah, it? But, yeah, but it was a, you know, he was fighting a terrible kickboxer in the first round. Yeah, a late replacement, yeah. And he, uh, he got beat up a bit, too. <laughs> All right, hypothetical. Derek Chisora, Tony Yoka. Derek fucking Chisora. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think so, Probably. too. Tony Yoka just hates getting hit, even if it's not hard. Yeah, no, nah, he's 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 pitiful. I I don't think he can beat like anybody. Yeah, Yoko's dope. We got really Christian Hammer level or like lower. Like if it's any higher, then you can't be confident. He has the David Price disease. Not quite that bad, brother. Let's let's well, look. Yeah, a couple of years, and brother. The thing is, Price is like almost like I don't know. Price is like more willing to just like get take the knockout. Like Yoko will just like resign himself to like being the biggest bitch you've like ever seen in a boxing ring hey brother i believed when pavetkin went flying into the turnbuckle there was a certain point in the Bukali fight where he was just like was not throwing punches anymore yeah like, round like... four he just like stopped throwing like actual punches like he would sometimes like i don't know stick his glove out but, like an actual like punch where he's trying to like hurt the guy like i, I don't know that he threw like a single one yeah about the mid rounds he stopped trying that was the craziest like <laughs> mental unraveling i've seen of a dude it was nuts I mean, the signs were always there, but that was, like, as embarrassing as it could have been. Other than just, like, I don't know, getting knocked out, like, cold. I would say that's a worse unraveling than, like, Oliver McCall when he broke down uh, against Lennox. Oliver McCall, when he started crying... At least, he... something from, at least Oliver McCall was, like, addicted to crack. Like, yeah. that's good. You know what I mean? He was having What's substance your... issues. Like, his mom had just died. You can kind of understand what happened. But, like, Tony like, Yoka... Yoka. Are you saying Yoka's on crack? Is that that your scoop? That would at least make sense. I'm saying if Yoka. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yoka's just a very, very sad man. So we wrap it up here. Anything else? I think that was that was pretty good. Yeah, good stuff. Got the got the UK cast. Appreciate it, boys. Glad you didn't bring up Junior Far losing the only junior yeah, let's bring that up for just one second hey brother he great yeah, i thought we should have talked about that did you see the rabbit bunches brother <laughs> my my boy was robbed the second one was definitely like a okay, very th that was the most blatant one i've ever seen the second one was very blatant yeah it was super blatant the first oh, one was kind of borderline but the fact he was even in that position to get caught by like that fat fucking stain that was Lucas Brown that night. <laughs> you, you deserve that, though. Hey, brother. We've got the finest men on it. Top like, men. It, it was incidental. And like like you said, oh, Jeff, you, you shouldn't be in that fucking position in the first place. Against I, I Lucas like, Brown, man. But I think the thing is, is the second one, you can't say both of them were incidental, though. I don't think I don't anything think, happens, but... I don't think Lucas Brown could aim... <laughs> be that accurate, brother. You know what I, I mean? He, he just kind of waylaid at him, and like Fa's head was just like the first one was honestly like close enough that I wouldn't even call it a rabbit punch. It, like, was, it was it it was obviously accidental. The first one, you know, like I'm not claiming he should be DQ'd, but it was clearly a rabbit punch. It hit him in the back of the head. The second one, that first one, he was kind of on like the side of the back, though. You know what I mean? It was yeah, kind of. It, area where it's kind of like a, it's kind of a uh, we're, we're doing a frame by frame breakdown yeah, it looks like yeah, i've got yeah. the youtube video up <laughs> <laughs> it looks, like a, looks behind the ear to me like i'm, I'm with you side 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 head oh, share your screen let's the see second one, though, he, he clearly clocked it on the back 
there's, there's nothing to say about the second one. Even though the fight was already over. Actually, I, uh, upon further inspection, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm giving, I'm saying it's not a rabbit punch. The frame yeah, by the frame breakdown. <laughs> the first one was kind of like, you know, you can give it a pass. The second one, I think Brown was just like, oh my god, I need to knock him out right now. Or like, all my organs are going to fail. So he just went extra uh-huh. and hit him on the back of the head. The second one, I, I think if the ref sees it, like he might give far time to recover. I mean, you know, I'm talking about this like it's fucking relevant, brother. <laughs> Look, it's proud. <laughs> I mean, it is, Kay. It, it's Junior Fa's career on the line. Like, his career is definitely over now. So. Oh, he's oh. Kiwi. I don't know. I thought he was Australian. I'm, I'm more bothered by what it means for Joseph Parker, bro. Yeah, because... Um, Parker's aging horribly. True. He, he fought... I, did he fought fight for Samoa or Tonga as an amateur as well? And that's where he fought Parker loads there. Was he a good amateur? I think he was all right. Who's the Australian amateur that people are like high on? Hooney, isn't that it? Just yeah, Hooney. oh yeah, Hooney. just as Hooney. Yeah, Hooney. He he had a fight where he looked quite bad. In in Australia, they do this thing where they'll they'll just put like rugby players in for no yeah, reason. Yeah. For some reason, it's the biggest situation because he was going to enter the the Olympics again or something. I can't remember. Yeah, he was going to enter the Olympics last year. And he got My, injured. You, your boy Fa needs to get, enter the Olympics again. He needs some headgear, for sure. They don't wear headgear. Yeah, they. Brother. Amy's oh, took yeah, off sorry. headgear. Yeah, never mind. He's not safe anyway. Damn, these are some deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, we're going deep into the amateur career. <laughs> Hit the big ones. Go rich as well, pool level. That is going to do it for this episode of the B-Sides Boxing Podcast. Uh, thanks again to RGF, Robbie, and Stu for coming on. If you heard us say something that you just really have a problem with, I want you to call 833-772-6964 and uh, leave a message there. And depending on how spicy it is, we might put it on the show. You couldn't even tell. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know yet. Actually, they were right into it. That's a special right there. You gotta be prepared, brother. <laughs> Thank you, brother. The thing is, is, is Robbie would use his lines that I use. Wait, when you say fighter was like fighter, you say like Robbie was like Robbie. Because you say like that. It's very tight. That's what Yeah, I would never say. Thank you.